Okay, thank the Lord. The right hand bottle is here. Okay, here we go. So, um, I just wanted also to, to say thank you again for the, the privilege of um, really being here and uh, learning from you. And you would say, uh, how? Uh, I think um, from my chat, uh, the brief chat with uh, my brother Mike over the lunch, I asked him this, quich, this question, how many uh, ministries and missionaries that you are supporting as a church? And he uh, said about 42. And I said, wow, for that size of a church to support that large number of ministries, that's, that, that tells me a lot. But having listened to three of these ministries, only three, this morning and this, this evening, I have come to also the understanding that you are selective because all these ministries are quality ministries. So thank the Lord for you. And um, I guess... Um, if you need to have, uh, to have them become 43, you need to talk to Nancy Marlowe about that. Um, Nancy actually is doing a wonderful job, and I would love for you to encourage her as you go out. She's, she has gone through trial after trial, and, and her health, she has her own health issues that really could have stopped her from ministering years back. But for the past eight years, she was so faithful to do a wonderful job at this end to support us at the other end in, uh, in the Middle East. Nancy, would you stand just to put first to, to, put first to uh, who you are? Well, yeah, would you join me to uh, encourage her? Thank you. Um, now, are you ready for a third shot? Okay. This is about how can we use few approaches as how to reach Muslims. I um, would love to uh, have a PowerPoint in front of us, but I just came out of an operation to, move, uh, to remove a growth out of my throat, uh, like more than, a little more than three weeks ago. And thank the Lord it wasn't a tumor. But uh, I just don't take that for, for granted because this is the area that I am using for the Lord. And originally in Egypt, I am I'm a vocalist. So imagine if there is something uh, serious about this area, I would not be able to stand here today. So our lives are a gift from the Lord but also every day he gives us and even the health that we enjoy is just a fascinating thing that we cannot take it for granted would you say amen with me so would you come with me before the lord in a short word of prayer to ask wisdom for this few moments that we have father in the name of the lord jesus we do thank you for the marvelous work that you are doing in Moldova. And thank you for the commitment of our brother and the staff. Thank you also for the 
work of the Holy Spirit in that wonderful camp that we have just heard about. And oh Lord, what a marvelous job, marvelous opportunity for people, particularly young ones, to come and know your Son and His saving grace. So Lord, we pray that you may continue to sustain our brothers. Grant them wisdom from above, we pray. And even for this um, short sharing, I pray for wisdom. And I pray to give me words as what to say and what not to say in this very brief time. In your name I pray. Amen. So, reaching out to Muslims, Fuller um, University did a research recently. They got a questionnaire to be handed to 400 Muslim converts, MBBs we call them, Muslim background believers. And they asked them very specific questions. And the, the first question was, what was the most influential thing or factor that really affected you and attracted you to Christ? And number one was love. Love. And when I say, I say that, I remember one of my sisters I met at the door here. She told me about an Egyptian Muslim neighboring them and how she shared the love of Christ in a practical way with the wife when they lost their daughter. That's, that's, that's very influential. Secondly, the second factor was the word. When they got the word in their hands, the authority of the word of God was so influential. Third, Visions and dreams, and this is actually all over the place in the Middle East now. All over the place. I was in Algeria, hearing many stories. Tunisia, hearing stories. Morocco, hearing stories. Saudi Arabia, I was in New Zealand recently, and um, or actually like a couple of years ago, and, uh, and I heard stories after stories from Saudi couples. who fled to New Zealand, and how the Lord met them in a, in a, 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 a supernatural way, in visions and dreams. But this was like the spark that, was ign that, that ignited the spark, but the rest was a process. I would love to, to, to share with you this um, little hint here to say, if you, share, if you ask questions, it is always helpful and it is not a threat, for instance. We usually advise the newcomers, the seekers, or actually the newcomers to Christ. When you live in your, in your Muslim home, don't leave and don't don't threaten your, 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 your parents or your, your people. 
just ask questions. And people are always listening. For instance, I would ask my Muslim friend and say, what do you think of, of Christianity? And he, right away he would say, one of the three religions. And I said, uh, I think I have another perspective. Christianity is not a religion. And he would say, how? I would tell him that religion is about changing man or woman from outside in. Religion is concerned about the external. But from the word of God, from the Injil, from the gospel, what we learn is that Christianity is about a relationship, personal relationship. Ah, this is, this is new for me. Okay. Then maybe this will open the door to build upon another factor, another question. Or actually a story that would raise a question. I was in Sudan and I used that a few times. And in Sudan I read um, a story in the, uh, in the uh, paper um, about a thief that they caught and to the, to the police surprise as they apply the Islamic law, the Sharia, to the police surprise they found out that his right hand was cut off in a previous robbing. So the editor, the Muslim editor, wrote this underneath the story. He said, what if we cut off his left hand? Is, is he, he going, going to, to stop stealing? So I would ask my Muslim friend and say, what do you think? I read that. What do you think? And he would puzzle, actually, because the answer is obvious. I would say, do you think I read once this statement, and I want you, I want you to help me comment on that. I read once that the problem of the heart, the heart of every problem is the problem of the heart. The heart of every problem is the problem of the heart. What do you think? Do you think that our problem, your problem and my problem is more deeper than this eye? that goes for lust, or that hand that steals the positions of others? Maybe we need to look at this issue. And by the way, Muslims in general accused us that our um, Bible has been corrupted. But in my experience, Every time I opened the Word, I opened the, 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 the Bible, and have them look at it with me, they look at it with reverence, and they give good attention. So I open Mark 7, for instance, and you know the story, the, the Pharisees accused the disciples of not washing their hands and the traditions, etc. And Jesus used that incident to really give a, a profound teaching to say, the problem 
is not washing the hands as Muslims do before they pray. It is more deeper than that. It goes down to the heart. So ask questions. Now, we have three objections, three problems that every Muslim faces. And he needs an explanation. Number one. Number one, the problem of the cross, the crucifixion. Number two, the trinity and the deity of Christ. And number three is the inspiration of the world. And I will just give, uh, I will shed some light on each one of them briefly. And then I will pause for questions, if any, as I was asked. <coughs> so number one, let me start with the inspiration. Is this, is this Bible really corrupted? And I have three questions to ask my Muslim friend. Number one question is, who did it? The Jews? The Jews were very careful when they wrote their, their Torah, the Psalms, and the Prophets. And if you want to know how they were very careful, just read about the Jewish history. And if the, if the Christians were courageous or brave enough to change the, the Old Testament, the Jewish people, who are enemies almost for Christians, they will stand for that. And if the Christians try to, to change their Injil, their, their New Testament, I will tell you, the very first thing to change is to delete out the cross. Right? Because the cross is a shame. And why, 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 why putting, us, putting ourselves, ourselves into, the, into this awkward situation? The very first thing we will take out is the cross. That causes that trouble and stumble. And I can build on that. So number, number one question, who did it? Number two question, where? Who? Secondly, where? Where is the original one? If you are telling me that this is false and not a, a, a genuine gold, okay, then give me the genuine gold to compare, right? If you are telling me that this version is corrupted, then give me the original to, to compare. Where is the original? Nobody knows. There is no original. So are you kidding me? And if you are um, a serious student, go to the, to the London Museum and you will see the Sinai original version. Go to the um, St. Catherine in Sinai and you will see the original versions. And you, if you are serious, you can compare the version that's in my hand with the originals that are in the large international museums. So where and who? 
And, and I, I couldn't go on and on about, about when and why, but I will, I need to move on because of the time. So, the second objection the cross. They have a contradiction in the Quran. There is one verse that says that he was crucified, and there is another opposite version, uh, verse that says he was not crucified, but there was a similar one who was, our, uh, uh, who was, who was crucified. Now, okay, let's talk about that for a minute. If you think of the, of the, if you study the history, the history proves that there was a Jesus who came on earth in that particular date, and he was crucified at the hands of, of, of Pilate. But I have a question. And, and let, me, let me be careful here to say, if you please, Somebody put it this way, if the mind of a man is like a funnel, and you have a cross, and you try to get the cross into that funnel, it will not get in. Even the mind of Peter, one of the apostles, right? Remember Peter? He said, no way! Forbid it that you go to the cross. This is Matthew 16. Because we don't like suffering. We don't like pain. We don't like shame. But I would ask my, my friend, what about Abraham sacrificing his son? Because this is... A very, very few stories. Are you with me? Can you shake your head this way or this way? Just do something, okay? Okay. Because I, I see some heads. One, two heads are, okay, are falling. But anyways, um, because I'm so quiet in, in my speech, in my speech here. But I will be more enthusiastic in a minute. Okay, so... Actually, this book, the Qur'an, is distorted. You really feel for those poor, poor Muslims. You really sympathize for them because the whole thing is distorted. He picked up a little bit from Moses and he picked up another from Abraham. And it's just a, a mess. One of the few stories that are still the same, still you can rely on, is Abraham giving up his son. And their story, Ishmael, fine with me. I would say, Abraham giving his son. No, way, no problem. Okay, and then they have a verse that says, وَفَدَيْنَاهُ بِذِبْحٍ عَظِيمٍ this is not tongues, this is Arabic, okay? Which means we have redeemed him, namely the son, with a great sacrifice. Let me repeat that. We have redeemed him, the son, 
with a great sacrifice. And I would ask, what, what was the sacrifice they would say? He would, they would say? The lamb. Okay, we, we are in a full agreement. But I have a question here. It is always good to ask questions. It, in, in your book, it says great sacrifice. But I, my understanding is that the lamb is inferior to the, to the sun. So where is the great sacrifice? And actually, they believe in, in, in John the Baptist, but they call him Yahya. So I would say, Yahya, the prophet, when he saw Jesus coming, he pointed to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. So I think, sir, that you need to give attention to that, that the Injil is pointing to Christ, the Messiah, to Isa al-Masih, that he is the Lamb. He is the greater sacrifice. Hmm. By the way, our responsibility is to sow, right? So don't give up, don't lose heart. Do the job of sowing, whether it is sharing the love in a practical way or sharing the word. And as we heard, the word will never come back in vain. Amen? If you have an axe and you hit the tree, you hit it once. When, when is this tree would, would fall down? Probably 113, 13th head, right? You will do one, I will do the second, he will do the third, God will do like 14 in one, okay? And then number 113, he thinks that he did it, he's a liar, don't believe him. God has done the job into a, a long process. When that Muslim kid, listen, when, when that, that Muslim, Muslim kid was in a Catholic Christian school, or an international Christian school, and, and he saw the love of Christ expressed from that man or woman who was teaching him. This is part of sowing. And I heard actually testimonies of Muslim, Muslims coming to the Lord because of the early seeds when they were in Christian schools. Paul reminded us, I think this is Galatians 2, when he said, you, and I'm not pointing to you, but he was pointing to the Galatians, and he said, you foolish Galatians, before your very own eyes, Christ was, was, huh? was painted as the one who was crucified. Was pictured, and I, was, I would ask, uh, I, I hope you are, you, are, you are following here. And I would ask Paul, how did you draw the picture in that wonderful way to show them how Christ was crucified? You, I don't know if you were there, uh, you were there or not. 
Is it because of you, you are gifted? Hmm, I don't think. But when you study the word, we will notice that in that region of Galatia, there was a small two towns. One is called Lystra in Acts 14. Remember? And in Acts 14, Paul was stoned to death. Hmm. So before the Galatians, he was stoned to death. And, and God, God miraculously raised him. As, As if he's saying, before your own very eyes, I incarnated, I got incarnated, but before your own eyes I was stoned to death and I died. And God has raised me. So when we incarnate before the Muslims, and live out Christ, even unto death. And death doesn't have to be physical, but death can be self-denial. Would you say amen? And God miraculously would use, would use you in, in a way or another to express and lift the, the risen Christ out. Hallelujah. By this way, people will see the cross. And this is more magnificent than talking about the cross. Are you with me? And I, you, you would say, well, how? I would say recently, a few months ago, um, um, let me say, let me go back a little bit. Um, two years ago, Chris, in Mauritania, an American brother, was killed and left little ones behind him, a missionary. You know what, what, what happened? Many Mauritanians became interested in knowing about Christ. Few months ago, another brother in ties in Yemen was killed. He was a Swiss, I believe. And when you visit ties now, you, you see, see the, the picture, picture of this, of this, this wonderful missionary who gave his life to Christ. Christ. You, you see, see his picture in the different shops in Thais. And, and Muslims, Muslims became to be angry of, of Al-Qaeda, who, who killed that man. man. And, and they started to ask the question, why this, this man came to serve us? And, and that, that has raised many questions, questions and many became more interested in knowing the Lord. Are you with me? So the fact that before your own eyes, that takes a big step to go out. Not to go out of the States necessarily, but to go out of our comfort zone and share our lives with Muslims or others as well. Number three, objection, and I will stop. The third objection is Trinity and the Deity. We are accused of following or worshipping three gods, right? So I have a question. It's good to ask questions. The question that I have is, huh? by the way, in the Bible, we believe in one God, not in three gods. But still I have a question. 
In the 99 names of God that is in the Quran, one of the uh, characteristics or the names is that he is a kalim, he is a, he is a speaking God. He does speak. And another one is uh, a hearing one, al-sami'a. He hears. Okay. Before the creation of man, to whom God was speaking? And they would say, to the angels. I said, that's great. Before creating the angels, to whom God was speaking? And they... I don't know. So are you telling me that God was speaking to himself? Or listening to himself? Or loving himself? This is a crazy God that I don't want to follow. <laughs> right? And it is impossible to happen. Unless, unless this unity is not an absolute unity, listen to the, to the terms, if you please, but it's a collective unity. So the, the God of Christianity, the God of the Bible, is not an absolute, but a collective God. That's why we believe that we believe in three in one. Those three persons of the Trinity, of that one God, they were practicing the character of God before the creation of man and angels. Those persons collectively were talking to each other. They were collectively speaking to each other. And even the gospel tells us that the Father loves the Son. Amen. Oh, that makes sense. So Christianity is not an emotional, wishy-washy thing. It speaks to the mind. And if there is something beyond the mind, that's because God, the great God, is greater than you and you and mine's mind. mind. So Christianity is not against the mind, but it's above the mind. You cannot tailor this God to fit you. <laughs> He's greater than you and I, and his thoughts are above my thoughts. His ways are above my ways and your ways. But it's not against the mind. One last thing that you can use is that, yeah, let me just uh, finish with the deity of Christ. Actually, in the Quran, in the Quran, there are many references to honor Christ far more than any other prophet. Christ in the Quran is highly honored than any other prophet, even their prophet. And you will find different references to his um, great execution. Raising the dead, 
opening the eyes of the blind. And they would say, but it says in the Quran, which means um, uh, if God allows. Okay, and I have no friction with that. I have no problem with that. Because he is God, he allows it to happen. <laughs> he stood before Lazarus, and you can open the word and share. Um, a friend of mine worked in Mauritania for uh, like 24 years, Joseph Cummings. He, he told me that the discipleship process with Muslims always begin before conversion. And he told me that 90% of those who studied with him the Gospel of Luke for one year, 90% of them came to know the Lord. The power and the authority of the Word of God cannot be resisted. And if he resisted that, then it will become a witness against him, unfortunately, later. Questions? Do we have a couple of minutes for questions? I know you, you bore with us for a long time sitting here. Would you like to stand? Yeah, let's, let's stand and, and, and just sit down. Just stand for a stretch for, for one second and then just stretch and then... Okay, wonderful, wonderful people, great people. Yeah, have a seat, please. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay. okay. Does, Does anybody, anybody has a question? Have a question, question for, for me? me. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. You, you know, know, sir, that, that is in dealing with Muslims, you deal one-on-one. -on -one, I'm, I'm just repeating the question, or you do it in group. Um, you know that our culture is a culture of honor and shame, and there are also issues of security. So it's better to, to have it one-on-one, -on -one, to keep the privacy of the, of the seeker. Uh, you can do it with two when you are confident that both of them are serious seekers and they will not uh, betray each other. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Their scholars say that this was Judas, the Iscariot. Uh, this is the, um, the interpretation of different Muslim scholars. This was uh, Judas. Yes, like four hands at the same moment. Okay, okay please uh, go ahead and follow. Okay. Yes. As a woman, I know Yes. I was going for walking. The building used to be a bakery, and I all of a sudden, when they walked past it, saw the sign It concerns me because I didn't even know it was there. Now that I know it's there, I have to learn from those people. Yeah. Um, 
Did, did you hear the question? question? She, she, um, she used, used to see it as a bakery, bakery now turned to be a Muslim culture center. Um, as a matter of fact, Saudi actually invested uh, and, uh, and does invest actually millions of dollars in, in spreading out Islam. Um, anyways, to cut it short, I would say how can we have um, um, an influence on those people in a way or another? Um, see, prayer does things that we, we will not know the outcome of it here. We will know the outcome when we get there. So if you have a nice walk once a week to pray by this place, okay, God will open the door for, for some of those individuals to put Christians in, in their way. Okay? But if God is pleased to have a lady getting out of this center and meet with you and to be a friend with her, it could be a small beginning. Uh, yes, please. How did I come to know the Lord? I, I grew up actually in a Christian home. And, and amazingly, I went to camp after camp after camp. And I gave my life to Christ and, go and went home to mess up my, my life again and again. Until the Lord got hold of me. So I do affirm the wonderful job that you're doing, brother. Uh, I guess the first time was I, I was seven and a half years when I gave my life to Christ. I believe he received me that day. But that after that, I did it like a dozen times as well. Okay. So, yes, sir. Thank you for the question. What brings about their violence? A couple of things, at least. In the Quran, the Quran size is less than the four Gospels together in size. But in that small size, there are 111 verses that asks the Muslim to attack Christians and kill uh, Jewish, to kill both Muslims and Christians. So imagine 111 verses. So if, you're, if you are a sincere Muslim, what do you obey? You obey your conscience or you obey your book? Definitely you will obey, you obey your book. So those jihadists are the most sincere ones who want to follow God in that way. But by the way, God picks up from those most sincere ones, ones that he selected for wonderful eternal life with Jesus. Let me share with you this brief story. In the prison, in the former government, while the former government of Egypt was still there, two princes of jihadists, the top guy, give an assignment to a lower guy in rank. And he asked him to prove that this Bible is corrupted 
from the Bible itself. So he gave them, he gave him a, a version, gave him a copy, and the guy started to write his own analysis. After a few days, he came to believe that this book is, the, is God's book. <laughs> so he went back to the chief guy in, in prison. And the guy instructed the others to kill him. So we can really feel for those people as we pray for them. If someone is blind, you, will ne you cannot blame him. Right? And you and I were blind one day. And God's grace has given us the privilege to open our eyes. Yes, as we sang, Jesus saves. Final question, if any? Okay, yes ma'am, and then we'll pray. They believe in Al-Ummah. Al-Ummah in Arabic is the Islamic, king, uh, the Islamic empire that should um, uh, occupy and, and control the whole world. So they are running fast after that. I tell you, uh, listen, dear sister, Islam is a, is a political system, not a religion. So that explains why the Brotherhood, when they took over, even recently in Egypt, right away, they took over the security, they took over the secret police, they took over the, uh, the, the uh, judicial uh, system. They took over the, uh, uh, the uh, military intelligence. They took over, you know, uh, the parliament. They took over the, uh, the senates. Right away. And you know who's, who's blown up? The secular Muslims. They, were, they are blown up. What's happening? We, we thought, thought that, that you are religious people. people. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. You are a naive, secular Muslim. We know, they, we know, they, we know what's behind. We know the agenda. But, but you know what? I stopped to be worried about that. Though I live in it. Again. I stopped to be worried about that. Though I live in it. You know what? Because the Holy Sovereign One is in charge. Revelation 17, 17. What does it say? Can you read it for us, Caleb? Or, or anybody who's ready, and then we'll pray. Revelation 17, 17. This is actually the end. And we can stand at the end and look back and see our marvelous God. How does He... Keep things under his control. 
the one we heard about him this morning, this morning, I have been given all the authority. Would you say amen to that? This is not a theoretical thing, this is a real thing. Read for us, please. 1717. Would you stand to Caleb so that we can hear you? So God has put in their hearts. Yeah, keep standing. In another version, it says God has put in their minds. Fine. In their hearts and their minds to do what? To execute His purpose. So the brotherhood are executing God's purposes. Not their own purpose. They are God has put in their minds even to do evil in, in a way. Okay? But He has the ability to, to turn the evil into good. For the welfare of the church. And you would say, how come the welfare of the church when they burn church, churches and kill, kill, kill Christians? I tell you. Thank you, brother. You know what? When we are persecuted, the Lord has His own way to purify us. Is this temporary or eternal? So He looks after the eternal. Number two, when, when we are under pressure as a church, He has His own way to work in our hearts to learn how to forgive and show love, practical love. And as we forgive the, the, the persecutors, the persecutors like Saul will not be able to resist anymore. So has he has his own way to keep the church focused not on the temporary but on the eternal. Your life and my life is like a dot. But this dot is connected to an, an infinite line, unlimited line, namely eternity. What matters is not the 70 or 80 or 90 years, because this is dot. How? When you divide 90 years over infinite, what's the result? What's the result? Zero! So all what we are doing here dressing and putting makeup and going to jobs and writing cars and building homes at the end of the day it is zero what really matters is what the thing that has an eternal value so god the sovereign has all authority because he is the the king the wise king has, has all the authority because he knows the welfare of the church to lead the church through suffering and persecution to purify the church 
and, and keep, keep the, the members of the body focused on the what has an eternal value, value namely saving the eternal souls for his glory and if we identify ourselves with him if we unified our mind with the mind of Christ we will have his own focus and his own persp uh, perspective and will have the mind of Christ to look after the precious ones and we will be the winners amen let's stand and pray <laughs> Can, Can you think, think of, of a lost one to pray? pray? Think, think of a name of a lost one. one. Doesn't have to be a Muslim. Few Muslims are in, in this neighborhood, but you have many lost in your neighborhood. Would you think of a, of a name of, a, of someone that you, to, you need to pray for him, or you may pray for him at this moment before we close, before I close in a short prayer here. We plead with you, O mighty Father. No one can come to the Father but by me. And you, Heavenly Father, if you don't attract the precious ones to you, we are helpless. But as a matter of fact, you privileged us to be ambassadors for Christ. So we pray even now that you give us cries, tears, grant us compassion, an intentional prayer to really seek the lost, an intentional doors to be open as a result of our prayers so that we can share you thank you for your word we pray that in your name amen please have a seat